So you're confused about me not liking the show? No, I'm confused about how it wouldn't feel short. Well, if you're not enjoying something and it's a bit of a struggle to get through, it's going to feel like it's taking longer. Like that's just how so, our perception of time works, you know? Okay, so I wasn't super high on it either, mm -hmm. but it still felt very quick to me, especially because it was only 10 episodes. Yeah, that is pretty short for uh, an anime. Yeah. And then the longest episode was the last one, and it was like 26 minutes. Mm -hmm. So especially for Netflix. Also, I was skipping the um, admittedly really cool Franz Ferdinand theme song, and I was also skipping the end credits, and it still felt long. Yeah, so that's, so see right there, that's 17 minutes. <laughs> That's a 17 minute runtime. Yeah, it's just, I don't know. There were a couple episodes that were engaging to me, but for the most part, like this just isn't my scene, so to speak. Like I'm not really, you know, I don't okay. know. We'll get into it. We'll get into it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, hey, what's up? It's Dinner Rocho episode 91. It feels like I haven't done this whole thing in a very long time. And I, it probably seems like I say that very frequently, but this time it actually does feel that way because <laughs> it's been like since... I don't know, beginning of August since we recorded, it feels like. You've been on the road and avoiding all sorts of illnesses. Yeah, just ducking and dodging and weaving. Uh, yeah, I might have accidentally um, abused cough medicine. <laughs> 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 just just in my own paranoia and trying to not get sick, might have <laughs> dosed myself with either too much or just... Yeah, that was fun. That was a fun couple of days. You're not exaggerating either because you texted me the day before we were supposed to go to a concert and you're like, I think it would be unsafe for me to drive. Yeah, it was not like I said to you, it felt like I was drunk. Yeah, like it, it was just it was it was a weird experience. It was almost out of body. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, yeah, that was that was a time. You got any um, more of that stuff? I do. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm avoiding it. I'm, I'm like terrified of it now. It's just over the counter, like fucking Delsum. It's not like, uh, you know, like codeine or anything, you know, like it's yeah. what it's that in combination with whatever you came down with, I think. Right. I don't know. I just had like a scratchy throat for like oh. a day. It was not like anything major. It was just my fucking paranoia and like trying to avoid being sick for several years now. And what that's done to my uh, psyche, yes. I guess, mm -hmm. where, where I was just like, oh, yeah, let me pop vitamin C and also take uh, some cough medicine and just like knock this whatever this budding illness is out. And then I knocked myself out and was like on a, a higher plane of existence for a couple days. So, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh, uh, I did want to hit a reminder at the top. Uh, we will soon be discussing Yellowface by R.F. Kuang, uh, and it is not too late to pick up a copy and read along because I have not finished that book yet. Uh, and so if you want to support independent bookshops and do that, you can go to our handy link, bookshop.org slash shop slash Dennett Road. It'll be in the description everywhere. And you can do that. just as a bit of a a teaser here uh this book at least on my end i'm much much higher on it than i was our first book club pick um so if mm -hmm. you are interested in tuning in for that don't expect a uh just like a tear down rant like like kind of what happened last time at least for me i don't know how you feel about it so far but i find that i'm i'm i might be highlighting too much oh interesting yeah that's kind of exciting yeah. actually yeah it's it's just it's just very because like i don't know how much 
stuff you can pick up just like whenever it's like all this industry talk oh tons absolutely tons and yeah and for me it's just like yep yeah yeah this is it yeah this is how it goes just nailing so many aspects of it Mm -hmm. but anyway we're gonna do that at another time (laughs) yes when we've finished the book because i'm like halfway through so i still need yeah it's such an easy read though that i could like knock that out in an afternoon if i need to yeah but um yeah so that'll be that'll be soon um but i just wanted to get that up at the top um but uh, for for this episode, we uh, off air decided to watch the 2013 Evil Dead. I, I don't want to necessarily say remake because it's not completely reboots. I don't know what the fuck you call movies anymore. I feel like remake is appropriate. It's not exactly. It's sort of the same setup. Um, I guess you could call it a remake of the of the original Evil Dead. But yeah, it's not like a one for one. Um, no, it's definitely not that. Yeah. And so I had I realized that I hadn't seen the original Evil Dead all the way through. And I also didn't realize like if I had seen bits and pieces of the other ones, like I just didn't know where I stood with the franchise, to be honest. And so I just watched the original beforehand. Mm-hmm. Um, so it actually was like an easy comparison. Um, so, yeah. So what did you think? Um, this was you, you, you were the one that sort of, uh, spurred this, this pick on. Yeah. You know, um, with these, I like to keep the picks relevant in some way. So I, I figure mm-hmm. we would watch this one and then next episode we will get into evil dead rise that came out a few months ago. Yeah. Um, and I'd never seen this 2013, uh, quote unquote remake. Um, it's considered Wikipedia says it's a reimagining, which I feel like might be the more appropriate term. Sure. Um, and I was excited too, because I'd heard really good things and I'm a big fan of Jane Levy. Um, I'm not a big fan of Bruce Campbell. So the fact that I can get Jane Levy over Bruce Campbell is a big plus right off the bat. Mm -hmm. Um, and then, uh, director, uh, Fede Alvarez, he had done, uh, Don't Breathe, which I also really liked. So I had, you know, high hopes and I feel- Which one is- which one is that one? That's the uh, like the home invasion movie that like subverts that sort of type of story where the uh, victim of the home invasion is this blind man. And as the movie goes on, he like turns the tables on the intruders and it gets really like nasty and, and crazy. OK, um, I think that came out after Evil Dead. I'm assuming that was like his follow up to Evil Dead. It also starred Jane Levy. Mm, mm-hmm. um, but I remember really liking that movie. Yeah. So as, as we recently discussed, um, I'm, I, I, I don't know if it's something that's flipped in my brain or it's just like the movies that have been coming out recently in the genre, like their titles are just like, like they do nothing for me anymore and are like just hard to separate. Mm-hmm. Like don't, don't knock at the cabin. Don't, so don't breathe. Don't, don't say his name. Don't. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, um, I actually meant to put this in the show notes as well. There's that Hulu film that came out very recently. No one will save you. Mm. And, um, I really, really liked it. I was very impressed with it. It's like this really awesome piece of like sci-fi horror with very little dialogue and impressive visuals and not, you know, very impressive visuals with not much of a budget. Um, and anytime I want to mention it to somebody, I have to spend like five to 10 seconds thinking of what the title was right 
So I, I, I hear you. I, I, it's kind of annoying that we can't come up with better movie titles. Um, like what's a, what's that one from the seventies? Every time it comes up on a horror list, it's a title that just jumps out at me. So it's from 1971. It's called Let's Scare Jessica to Death. Okay. Right? Like that's a great title yeah. for a horror movie. It's, it's mm-hmm. like a psychological horror movie. It's very good. Um, yeah. But it's like, just just come up with like an attention grabbing title for your movie. I don't understand. Like, is there something I'm missing with like search engines or like what people gravitate towards? Because like, why would you want your movie title to be so generic? I'm not even saying that No One Will Save You is all that bad because I, it's very appropriate for like the themes of the film and mm-hmm. and all that. But like, like you're saying, um, there's so many with titles that are like indistinguishable. Well, yeah. What was that new one that I always forget about? I haven't seen it yet, but I couldn't remember. Talk, talk to me. Talk to me. Yeah. I, I just I can never remember the title of that one. Yeah. Even though that's a brand new movie. It's like the it's the most popular movie on Letterboxd. And yeah, I can hardly remember the name. And I liked it so much, too. It's a very good movie. Yeah. I don't know. Figure it out. Uh, whoever titles their movies. I don't know who has control over that, whether it's a creative thing from the filmmaker themselves. I don't I don't really know how that works. But mm-hmm. um, what was I saying? I just like went off on a tangent. OK, that's that happens on a podcast from time to time, doesn't it? Sure. Um, yeah, so Evil Dead 2013, fucking fantastic. Um, I love this so much. And it's such a rare thing for a horror remake, reimagining, whatever you want to call it, to be like so much better than the original and in pretty much every way. And I feel like this was. Um, it just was really smart in the way that it framed the story in comparison to the original. Like you immediately grasp like what the character is going through because Jane Levy's character is going through drug withdrawals and that's this like um curse and like possession that's going around the cabin is like framed at within like a drug withdrawal scenario which was so smart and effective um the actual like kills and the gore and all that is just like top notch just like really just so brutal and so effective um mm-hmm. give me some raining blood which i know the original i think had raining blood too but like i just visually speaking the last 10 minutes of this one was just like perfect um yeah there's just so much to like about gene levy's really good like probably one of the best like quote-unquote final girls because like she earned it <laughs> she earned that title right after everything yeah. that character went through um yeah i was concerned for a good portion of it where I was just like, man, are they really just going to vilify the addict here? Like, right. The whole thing. Right. That's I was a, like, definitely a concern. Yeah. I was like, boy, I, like a good portion of it. I was like, boy, I feel like this would be much more interesting if she was like the main character here. And she was like, she was in the place of her brother, who's sort of like our focal point mm-hmm. through most of it, who is like now has to fend off all of his friends that are getting possessed and turned into demons. Mm -hmm. I was like, boy, this would have been much more interesting if this was, if she was in that position, you know? And then I was like, well, maybe it would, maybe it would have been a little obvious. Like, oh, she's got to fight off her demons. Okay. Maybe that's a little on the nose, but I was like, man, I I feel like that still would have been much more interesting. And then there's the turn, you know, like the last 15 minutes 
So, yeah, I think that journey for her makes the last 15 minutes all the more effective. And I also think that there is some there's something to distinguish there. Um, there's a big difference between using this um, like curse, demon possession, whatever it is, as a stand in for uh, like drug addiction, like a one to one stand in versus what this movie does, which it sort of relates the experience of going through that in horror terms by like manifesting as this possession slash curse if that makes sense like it's it's not ever trying to show jane levy herself the character i think what was her name mia as Mm -hmm. a a villain because she's going through this this horrible like you know attempt to you know survive her addiction and and withdrawals and everything it's more showing what the experience of that is like through this horror lens if that makes sense yeah yeah no i do agree it it it, like I, I, I come back to, though, the the woods. You know what I'm talking about? Um, What, the tree scene? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, so let's... I mean, that's definitely a focal point because it's literally the poster of the film and it's also a callback to the most controversial um, scene in the original Evil Dead. Um, so so why? Why do you bring that up? So so there's a part in both movies where a woman, in this case, it's... it's um, it's the character Mia in the in the 2013 one uh, gets trapped in the woods and gets attacked by uh, sentient vines. Um, and as that scene was playing in the 2013 one, after I had just watched the original, I said, oh, wow, they really didn't uh, sexualize this like the original did, where the original looks basically like it was, uh, you know, out of a bondage movie. Yeah. Um, like completely like just the way that, you know, hands are tied, like just the way that it was shot. Uh, it was just like more bondage than like a horror thing. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, then the vines go up or cooch. That is a way to put it. Yes, it's true. Um, so. Yeah, no, I, I think I think uh, the tree scene in the original Evil Dead is just awful. I think it's like pointless and like shock value in the worst way and just doesn't really serve anything. And um, I'm not a fan of it. So knowing that they were going to incorporate it in some fashion in this movie was not exciting to me. Um, yeah. But that said, I, I, like, I'm still not a fan of it. I think it, there, are there, are, there are other ways to tackle what they were trying to do there. Um, it is, for what it's worth, it is better than the original. Um, still not great. Still not a fan of it. But it's better, I guess. I don't know if even that's the I, right word to use. I just, I, I'm, I'm struggling to understand why she needed to be, like, violated. Yeah, 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 yeah. And what that purpose, like, what was the purpose of that? Right. There really isn't much of a purpose for going about it that specific way, aside from like paying homage to the original, which is very problematic. Um, Yeah. If anything, this was just like further shock value than the original had. Well, I don't know if it was further because it did at least serve the purpose of showing the uh, like possession, right? Like it's a crucial like moment in the story where yeah, she's okay, trying to get away. It didn't need and to she... go up or no, no, no. I know that there are more. There are better ways to to you know in a, convey yeah, that in a, in a movie that like aside from the gore could have been PG thirteen. You know, like well. <laughs> I don't know about that. But you know what I mean? Like, there's, I mean, you there's take like, the gore out of it and you've got like no movie, but. Well, yeah, but you know what I mean? Like, there's no, like, there's a lot, there are, there are uh, horror movies where like the, the sex and the exploitation is part of the overall picture, mm-hmm, right? Mm-hmm. And this is not one of them. And so you just have a moment where like a woman is just penetrated 
buy vines for no like like there some of the possessions even happen off screen you're right that's the big thing right because everybody else that gets possessed it does not happen anywhere close to that way and in that fashion and on display like that so um there's such an emphasis with that scene and right it's not good it's not good and and in fact there they even try to do like the 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 old like madonna whore thing with the brother's girlfriend whenever the the that that demon is like uh like talking to her exorcist style Mm -hmm. and you'd imagine like that is the that is the person that would be the target for some kind of like sexual violence right unfortunately yeah right like it it, like it that that scene just makes so little sense even in context of this movie not even just the fact that it's bizarre on its own Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I'm in agreement with you on that. It's really just like the sour point of Evil Dead for me. The original of this one, um, just so unnecessary. And the original, it's just like looking like maybe it was shocking at the time. Looking back, it's just goofy now. Well, sure. It's just goofy and out of place, even even in a movie that is like not as goofy as the, the sequels get. You know, well, like goofy like, or not, I don't like the intention behind it. Well, of course, of know? course, it it is just it is just a straight bondage scene, mm-hmm. you know, Um, but like in the original, it's context now with our modern framing. It, it's goofy. It's just goofy, <laughs> like, <laughs> you know, and the modern one is definitely not. The only thing I will give it in the 2013 version, that is, is that it does at least serve a storytelling purpose, which is it is like a pivotal moment where the main character gets possessed and things really turn sideways. Um, But like you said, there are so many other ways that could have been effective and it doesn't really line up with how this possession works throughout the rest of the movie with the other characters. And at the end of the day, it is just like a callback to a problematic scene from a movie in the 70s. And it feels just as out of place as you would expect, given what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a bummer because I'm very, very high on this movie otherwise. So, yeah. I do have to wonder. So do you think prop departments get like bulk deals on um, like split hands? On split hands? Yeah. You know, what like you makeup mean? departments and prop departments. What do you mean? Because I see that a lot in horror movies where somebody's hand just get, like gets split in half. Mm. Well, there was so much dismemberment in this film. Yeah, yeah. And there was a split tongue as well, which is also a standout moment for me. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, the amount of dismemberment is just wild. A lot of self-imposed oh, yeah. dismemberment. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I think the gnarliest for me, though, was the uh, bathroom scene where one of the characters gets their face just bashed in repeatedly by the uh, what's the top part of a toilet? I don't even know what you call that. The lid? No, it wasn't the the lid. It was the tank, the toilet tank. Yeah. Yeah. Someone gets their face and absolutely just like mushed by a toilet tank. That was pretty effective Mm -hmm. for me. Yeah. Uh, So like gore doesn't really do a lot like to me. Uh Like I don't I don't get like very squeamish and this is not like me trying to brag but this is just to like give context to what i'm about to say next uh so like you know it's whatever i can kind of handle it but the thing that affected me the most (laughs) was in that bathroom scene where the guy is like fighting his girlfriend or whatever and she's possessed and so he gets thrown back by the demon and he hits his back like his lower back almost like lumbar on the toilet seat oh yeah (laughs) and it like kind of like you hear like the thud (laughs) and i was like oh i fucking felt that 
I felt that. Well, that's so funny, right? Because that's like one of the more realistic injuries yeah. in the entire movie. I was just like, I felt that one. Like you could slip and fall in your own bathroom and, and kind of experience something similar to uh-huh. that, you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. It's like, no, you got people cutting off their arms. Yeah. You know, that just like funny. all kinds of shit. And that's the one I like was like, ooh, I winced at that one. Um, yeah, that's that's funny. Um, also, another small thing to point out towards the end. Uh, I like whoever involved in the the prop making um, had just just had a bottle on the shelf that was handwritten uh, chainsaw gas. Was it actually written? I'm pretty sure it, it looked like it. Somebody had just like filled an empty bottle with the chainsaw gas and wrote chainsaw gas on it. It looked like a bottle of Gatorade to me. Yeah. Why was it blue? I don't know. OK, so this is the other thing I noticed. And um why were those why was there so much like yellow liquid going on in this movie Mm, mm -hmm. there was the the gasoline at the beginning oh i have issues with that scene okay by the way the beginning scene um oh okay i wanted to talk about that yeah i think it's it's wicked i think it's so good but there was no point to it oh of course there was no there wasn't there absolutely was what are you talking about we didn't know who these people were it didn't matter like so like you you have this cold open where a father sets his possessed daughter on fire and just she burns alive and you're like how yeah. could, how could someone ever do that and then you get to the end of the movie and you're like okay I understand how he did why he did that like that's perfect it was a great setup and also it's like that's what they stumble upon in the basement so like it shows you the backstory of of what happened in this cabin it's very but important they would scene. have st- they would have stumbled on it anyway yeah but like you as the viewer connected like it's that's just gives the viewer more like history of what's going on here i mean it looked cool but like i uh, and eh. and the delivery of um what was it i will rip your soul out daddy is just incredible like, that was such a good sure. opening scene you didn't like it i like just i didn't think it was necessary oh well i disagree it serves yeah. a story purpose it's a cool like shocking opening and it kind of ties things in you know i don't know but, but 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 yeah but anyway so like the yellow liquid so like she gets doused in yellow liquid mm-hmm. looks like piss it's gasoline. Mm-hmm. Um, there was something else. Well, then a character while possessed, like peed themselves, right? Like during the a character pisses themselves yeah. while possessed. Yeah. That whoever that was definitely needed to drink more water because that was like almost brown. Um, <laughs> Jesus Christ. Yeah. Oh, whenever they're treating the guy that gets glass in his uh, like he got stabbed with glass, mm-hmm. just pours some kind of yellow liquid over his wounds. No oh, idea what that was. Yeah, you're right. I don't know. No clue what that was. Maybe it was alcohol. I don't know. Just some just some random yellow liquid. I mean, I do just find of, the visual to be gross and disturbing. So in that way, it's effective. But you're right. There is a bit of a trend what, there. Yeah, it was. <laughs> but then but then what gets poured into the chainsaw is is blue, like blue. <laughs> well, for all we know, chainsaw gas is, blue. you know, like who I've it never very used well that. could be. I haven't ever used the chainsaw. Same. Yeah. Um, I'm always very so, happy to see a chainsaw in a horror movie, though. Yeah, yeah, sure. So I thought <laughs> earlier on, whenever the girl was using the uh, electric uh, carving knife, yeah, I thought that was going to be like the haha little jokey callback to the chainsaw. Wait, was that carving knife ever used like brutally, or was that? Oh yes. What do you mean? Yes. I'm I'm forgetting. I don't know. There was so much gore. In this so movie. so 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 there's the electric carving knife mm-hmm. that the girl like is using to like just cut up some food. Yeah, dinner. At one point. Yeah. Then later on, she uses it to cut off her fucking arm. Oh, that's right. There we go. And then the power blows out because of it somehow. <laughs> yeah. But no, originally I thought it was like, oh, that kind of looks like the chainsaw. Oh, it's like that's a neat little 
kind of callback thingy. I figured that would have been it. Like there wouldn't have actually been a chainsaw in the movie. They got me. That's what I'm saying. Oh, they got you. Yeah. Yeah. Just the precursor. Mm hmm. Uh, my major issue, though, aside from with, the tree scene, aside from the tree scene. Yes, that's my actual like real major issue is like the 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 climax, the end of the movie, whenever like this big bad thing that like this bad demon that's like finally summoned because all the steps in the the book of the dead happened. Right. He comes up. He's the evil dead. He comes up through the ground. Mm -hmm. Um, not that imposing. Really? He's you don't kind think of so? Like a, no, just kind of a uh, emaciated ghoul. He's very towering, very lanky. Um, yeah, just kind of like zombified husk of a... I don't know. I mean, she had to pull out the chainsaw. She had to hide under the truck. It was raining blood. I thought it was all very effective. The, ra the, the blood was very cool. Yeah. Blood was very cool. I see what you're saying. I mean, I still thought like the visual of that thing coming up from the ground is it's just like classic. That was I'm talking about like the, the actual the, like the demon battle. itself. Yeah. Yeah. That was just sort of like kind of like a bummer. It's like because throughout the entire thing, some of the demons kept like, oh, he's coming. You can't you can't avoid him, <laughs> you know, mm -hmm. and then he just kind of pops out of the ground and he's sort of like one of the things that pops out of a coffin in Skyrim, you know, mm -hmm. little little bit of a letdown. But yeah, I see what you're saying. I just think there was enough going on visually to make up for it. There was there was also great choice with the red dress by the costume designer. Yeah, she was not wearing that. She was not. That. I don't know how that happened, where she got yeah. it from, how she ended up wearing it, but it fit perfectly for the scene. So mm -hmm. and that's all that matters. Yeah. Also, I don't know how her face made a full recovery, but because she was really messed up. But I guess that's well, part of the she was possession. It come yeah. Once it got, leaves her body, it, it sort of yeah. Even though she had those burns on account of the scalding shower, yes, and also the fire in the shower. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's what <laughs> yeah. I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Although in a movie like this, I am quickly moving on from the logic uh, issues because I, I'm not going to get bogged down by that, you know? Yeah, I, I didn't want to like cinema sins this one, but I did have one. I keep saying I have one problem, but I, I one other thing. So like, you know how the shot of them driving in, I guess it's the brother and the girlfriend mm -hmm. driving in. They're driving in on a Jeep. And unlike in the original where they drive over a bridge and the bridge kind of just fucking breaks and then later on it completely collapses. In this one, they just sort of drive over a creek, but they like kind of got to drive through it. But it's fine because they got a Jeep. Look at that. It's mm -hmm. almost like product placement. <laughs> but they get there and then their their friends and the sisters are already there. They drove in on just like this little like sedan. It's like, how did you guys get here through the water? Oh, wow. You are nuts for even picking up on that in the first place. Well, because I, I like this is literally... Like, I had just seen the original, and part of the original okay. was basically like, oh, you're trapped here. Yeah, it's been years since i so in this one, it's going to be like, how are you going to be trapped here? And then this one, it's that it rains and it floods even higher, and so you can't get out. Yeah, nobody was trapped until the big flood. But I'm just saying, they had to drive through water anyway in the Jeep. Mm -hmm. How did that little sedan close to the ground make it through that water in the first place? Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that, that's all. That I just, I, you know. I also don't care. Right. It, of course, it doesn't matter. I just but, think it's very, it just shows how your brain works sometimes. Some, yeah, you know, just the things I notice. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So wait, are you going to talk more about the original? What'd you think of the original? Because I'm not a big fan of it. I thought it was fine. Uh, I, I couldn't remember like when the series gets goofy. Because like, again, like I didn't have like this like point of reference. Like, like all the movies were kind of blending together, you know, like it's, it is just so much more of a haunted house story than, you know, what it becomes later on where it's just like carnage and you know 
comedy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it is played very straight. Oh, it is. Yeah. Um, it's fine. So straight that it feels quite generic, except for the thing that I think got it famous, which is the practical effects, the low budget practical effects. Yeah. Like which those are, are which unmistakably are great. Yeah. But yeah. I think aside from that, it's pretty mediocre. Right. I mean, it's fine. Like you could tell that it, it was like low budget, even for the time. Yeah. It does some interesting things in a couple spots with like perspective. Okay. Like with camera perspective that were probably not super common. At the time, like they have the camera peeking out of the trap door, like the cellar trap door, um, like at a couple times that was that was done pretty well. Just just a few things like that. But, you know, it's um, it's fine. Mm-hmm. You know, there's it, it is completely devoid of any of the comedy that like the like it series like becomes known for, uh, which which in a way is like makes this 2013 one very much like a reimagining of of the first one rather than like any other part of the series. Yeah, I agree. Um, I just find it to be more effective. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the only kind of like campy bits in the 2013 one came at the very end where she's like, she says like, eat this motherfucker or something like that mm-hmm. or whatever. Cause like, again, like the 2013 one is also devoid of any kind of, you know, yeah, it's almost like they sort of give her those lines at the end as a way to acknowledge what part of what the series is, because it doesn't it does feel out of place. Like the only reason that it still fits ultimately is because she's triumphed. Right. And this is like the big yeah. like relief moment. If there were like lines like that happening in the middle of everything, that would be really jarring and wouldn't make mm-hmm. sense. But the fact that this is at the very end. Yeah. Um, and it's like a moment of catharsis. It makes a lot more sense. Mm hmm. But yeah, I mean, I just sort of miss when movies were movie length, you know? <laughs> Wait, what do you mean? That's that, that's my takeaway from this, is that both of these, like the original and this one, were just, the original was like an hour and 20, this one's an hour and a half. Oh yeah, for sure. It's I just, always appreciate it's just that. nice. It's just nice. You're in, you're out. Does the whole thing. Well, I think horror in <laughs> general still skews towards being short and more concise. Not, al- not always. Not always. At least what I've seen recently. What was that movie that we hated? Oh, God. That doesn't narrow anything down. Um, it was last year or the year before. Last year. I'm we curious. talked about on the show. I mean, we hated, we've hated many. I know. The one with the faces. With the fa- Okay. This is so... <laughs> I don't know what that the means. The backwards, backwards faces. The trench coat. That stupid movie. What? Oh my God! Did we watch it during it? Halloween season? Yeah. I mean, I could go to my letterbox. I don't know. Oh man, what was it? We both didn't like pull it. Up my plex. Yeah, yeah. Oh man, malignant. Oh yeah, malignant. That was like two hours, right? Let me double check. It felt like it. Yeah, an hour and fifty-one minutes. Yep. Yeah. Oh, I I felt every minute of that. Yep. <laughs> was that directed by the Conjuring guy? I don't remember. I just closed it. I think so. Yes, I think it was. Yeah. What a bummer. Just um, a swing and a miss that one. For sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, so so next week we'll be checking out uh, Evil Dead Rise. Evil Dead Rise. Which also seems very serious tonally. Yeah. And but it has I've nothing heard good to do things with, about. There's like no continuity or anything, right? I doubt it. Yeah. I also don't give a fuck anymore. Yeah, I don't care. About continuity. I think the last thing they did was the Bruce Universes. Campbell tv series right so i don't know how it would tie into that yeah who knows well he popped up at the end of this and i didn't even know it was him he did what now did you stick around for the post credits i did not i i i almost sent you a message about it oh my goodness i wasn't sure if you would have no i didn't okay well you didn't miss anything 
So what happens? Um, so she is walking on the road and then she collapses in the middle of the road. And then an old man in a truck finds her and uh, is like, oh, my God, I, I, she just says, help me. And then so he's like, oh, I'm, don't worry, I'll take you to a hospital. And then she's laying in the back of the truck. And then all of a sudden her eyes just like blink open, and, you know, so it's like, oh, is she possessed? It's just trying to set up another movie. Wait, but is happen. the old man Bruce Campbell? Appa yeah, yeah, it is. Okay. It doesn't look like him. Yeah. But it is him. It is him. All right. I mean, that's I can see why they did that. But Of course. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I wa I've been watching a lot of horror lately. Mm -hmm. Um, I won't go too in depth, but last night I saw the new Saw movie. Um, it's very, very good. <laughs> Who would have thought? Yeah. <laughs> 10 films in, huh. they would come out with a gem. Um, but they certainly did. And I think part of what helps is that it's like a direct sequel to the original Saw. Okay. Um, or it's like yeah, bridges one of those. Yeah. It bridges the gap between like the first two. Um, right. Cause so, so those are the only two good ones then. Right. And so this yeah. one fits in very nicely nicely um tobin bell is starring in this and he's just like so good he's such a great like horror presence like just the the melancholy the weird moral complexity that ultimately isn't that complex but it's still compelling um mm -hmm. yeah it's it's really cool like they do this thing where he you know he has the brain cancer um mm -hmm. and there's promise of this like sort of miracle cure that's happening like under the radar so he has to like travel to mexico and like it's sneaked into this facility and they do surgery on him and things don't go as expected and um like it's one of those things where it's pretty straightforward um but it's just he survives a botched brain surgery well that's one way to put it i wouldn't call it a botched okay. brain surgery but I, I also don't want to spoil the twist okay the yeah, yeah, yeah 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 um, but yeah, he's got to do his whole jigsaw thing because of what happened. And I don't know. It's a, it's a very straight, cause I think this, this series, I've not, haven't even seen like a majority of them, but it's gotten like very convoluted and silly. And <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this one is just, it plays things very straight and you understand the motivations and the intentions of him and the other characters and there's some really cool twists and some really gnarly, um, you know, saw traps that are creative and cool. Um, mm -hmm. And this is a, a two hour film. Like we were just talking about runtimes, but it certainly didn't feel that way. It felt like a 90 minute movie, mm -hmm. um, like really well paced, really well structured. Like if you have any interest at all in, in saw, especially like those originals, this is definitely one that would like it should bring you back. It should it should be, you know, you should be um, giving this one a chance because it's it's very okay. good. It's gotten a lot of like I don't take my word like it's it's well reviewed. Um, Letterbox is very high on it, which is not not the norm for like a, sure. a horror sequel. So um, yeah, I was very impressed with that. Um, I I can't remember. So the original Saw did, was the puppet in that one, or was that on, that was like a later thing? Um, I think the puppet gets rolled out on the bicycle in the first one, right? Okay, that's kind of iconic. I think it was there from the beginning. It's been just such a long time. I just remember the dudes in the room, yeah, and needing to cut off various limbs. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so one of the women that survives that original scenario ends up being his like uh, loyal sidekick, right? And so she's she has a major role in this movie. Um, yeah, it's really good. It's definitely a surprise, a uh, pleasant surprise. Um, 
Um, yeah, definitely. Also, I went back and watched, I already told you about this off air, but mm-hmm. Smile from last year, a movie that I avoided because of the marketing and, and how yeah. rough that marketing was. Um, but it turns out that like it's a very thoughtful and uh, nuanced, I, I guess you could say nuanced. I don't know. Some people probably wouldn't agree with me on that. But like, I think it's a really um, good sort of metaphorical take on like uh, grief and trauma. Like, you know, your go to horror topics right um mm-hmm. but like the marketing wouldn't think that this was that type of movie that like plays it very straight and is like going for like the real like psychological horror side of it like you've got the goofy you know faces yeah, from, and the smiling and the from the marketing and everything i just thought everybody was turning into the joker yeah no it's not that at all like yeah. it couldn't be further from that um it's very like singularly focused um it's very much about this like journey of the main character and uh it's just very effective like i told you if if this had the a24 logo attached to it i think it would have gained more recognition and traction Mm -hmm. um because it fits very well within that sort of style of like elevated horror with like the monster is a meaning that type of thing yeah you know um so i really enjoyed that i also liked one on shutter that came out a few years ago it's called amigo and it's this sort of um it's it's just like it, it takes place in this one environment it's it's mainly two characters um who is the main actor in this javier botet is the star of this and 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 this movie is about um these two friends one of which is uh very badly injured to the point of being bedridden and has to be taken care of because he was in a uh a tragic car accident and there's like the other friend who's now taking care of him was involved in some way and you kind of learn what's going on there but like the main reason i bring this up is because the two performances in this movie are just like stunning Mm -hmm. um i i don't want to because you know i'm sure it's a very good movie i think that's also the plot of morbius well i don't know what to say to that (laughs) (laughs) but um javier botet has like this uh physical disorder where it it makes his body look a certain way and i think Mm -hmm. he because of that he has starred in a lot of horror films as like he so he was the slender man um okay he played like a vampire in something like he plays like these like creepy characters just because of the way that he looks Mm -hmm. um but in this uh he it just it's a performance that is very effective in a very different way um and it's worth watching like i said for these two main characters who have a very interesting dynamic and relationship and eventually conflict that like plays out in a really cool way um i just don't want to say too much about it because like the setup is that you know one friend is taking care of the other there's some resentment you don't really know what's going on and then you learn things over Mm -hmm. time um it's a very simplistic uh you know, set up and, and structure the movie, but the, the performances is what like elevates it. So I just wanted to mention it because right. I'd never heard of it and I think it's definitely gone under the radar. So, but it's, it's worthwhile. It's on shutter. Okay. Yeah. Well, um, I have a dead letter here. Oh no. And it has been a while since we've uh, done this segment, uh, mostly because I haven't gotten anything, uh, interesting or really anything at much all, at all. <laughs> anything at all. Um, even like any decent spam, I, you know, I haven't really gotten, gotten much. It's been, it's been very dry, the old inbox, but I did get this, uh, while I was, while I was away and I have saved it. Um, and I don't, I don't know if I'm happy with what I've cultivated in my, uh, on this show, on my old show. I, I don't know. Um, maybe I'm not putting out 
my best self. So, um, uh, this is from John Kerwin. Hi, Billy. I don't, I don't know why he's calling me that. Um, <laughs> your content is awesome. It sounds as though we have a lot in common. I've attached a free copy of my book because it addresses a big problem that almost all of your subscribers are dealing with. Persecution for being a truther. No. <laughs> it's called The Conspiracy Theorist Survival Guide. Oh, a guidebook for persecuted truthers. I have three ideas for a unique show topic if you might be open. One, the persecution of truthers by friends and family. Two, the Mandela Effect. Okay, and if you, if you paid attention, I have done a show on the Mandela Effect already. If you... If you actually look uh, three, becoming an American state, national and legal non-taxpayer, <laughs> which I would be. I actually am interested in not paying taxes. I, you know, um, if you have any opportunities for interviews, I am a content expert in all three of these categories. I'm sure we could have some very interesting back and forth regarding the incredible losses the truthers endure. Uh, now, here's where it gets. It's real sad. Oh, it gets real sad. Really? OK, I thought we were there uh -huh. already. No, no. My wife divorced me after 24 years and four kids because she said we were in two different worlds. So I wrote the book. Oh, Reach out if you'd like to talk further. That is that is sad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, so he ton of ton of links to the uh, free copy of the book. Uh, he also has a headshot here. Um, I don't know if you want to take a look at that. Yeah, just throw it in the Discord. Why not? Uh huh. Yeah. Um, let's just send that there. Okay. Uh. He also links uh, one, two, three 60 second book promo videos that are labeled as funny. I have actually not watched these. So this is all a bit. I'm hoping. I'm praying. I doubt it. Oh, well, if you're like me, you've gotten off the bus. Yeah, you found out a couple of things over there on those conspiracy kook channels. You know what I'm talking about. All kinds of wiggy noise going on under the radar. You fell right down that rabbit hole, though, didn't you, Bob? Yeah. Problem is, friends and family don't know. They don't want to know. They don't want you to know. All you are is a buzzkill, see? They're chasing that dollar boy. The next thrill ride, but that's what they want. But not you, because you found out the... Okay. Wow. Okay. It's just a... It's just a... The video is just the dog. It's just a dog. Oh, this is the voice of, of the dog? I don't know. Okay. I don't know. It's just a dog. The divorce is um, making a lot of sense. Yeah. Uh, click here to schedule yourself into my calendar for a phone conversation or podcast. See, he doesn't even want to do the podcast. He just wants to talk to somebody. <laughs> um, click here to hear a recent interview I did on the Fact Hunter podcast. Click here to a recent interview I did on William Ramsey Investigates. Um, and then he has an author bio here. Uh, John Kerwin has served in full and part-time ministry as a worship leader and pastor for over 30 years. He's the founder of the Wake Up wake up or else pma a 508 ci online christian fellowship for the truth or community with close to 5000 subscribers and over 37000 hours of uh, hours of views wake up or else pma has been a providing light into the truther's journey since 2017 so not to state the obvious here, but like there's something that was fundamentally missing when he was looking at your content, which is that your conspiracy theory podcast was specifically meant to um, debunk debunk conspiracy theories, not reinforce them. And so he is yes. coming from the opposite angle that you were, but has clearly not listened and only gone off of like, I don't know. I, I can't even say episode descriptions because even that would make it very clear what your approach is. Um, SEO terms, SEO probably. terms. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, that voice is going to haunt me tonight. I'll tell you that much. Mm-hmm. Uh, the book is available on Amazon. <laughs> uh, How much? He won twenty dollars. Oh, and he was just giving you a free copy, or was this like a like a like a teaser? He gave me a free copy. How about that? I guess because I'm I'm in the media, you know. Yeah. Um, you're good press. Mm-hmm. Hey, he's getting airtime right now. So yeah, twenty dollars for a paperback is a little rough. A little bit. We'll say a little rough. Um, like you're frequently. You're, you're charging above that of like a Sally Rooney, which I feel, uh-huh. <laughs> I feel is 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 a bit of a reach. Um, yeah. Uh, frequently bought together, uh, the conspiracy theorist survival guide and the King James Bible and the quantum effect. Let's see. Oh, it's got five stars. How many reviews? Eight. Oh, it's more than it's more than I thought. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it is possible for you to make multiple Amazon accounts review. Yeah. Oh, but he's got some verified purchases, though. Okay. Uh, feeling alone in your pursuits of truth? Read this book. Do you enjoy researching the facts of controversial subjects? Do your friends call you a conspiracy theorist, and yet you know that you're actually just a truth seeker? This book gets into the minds of so-called conspiracy theorists and the normies who persecute them. Um, To state the obvious again, this is really bad because he's preying on people who he believes are, um, I guess, lonely or feel like alienated in some way. And he's trying to sort of radicalize them down this like conspiracy theory path that's has affected many people. And, you know, mm-hmm. um, here's something I actually like, you know, we're joking around here. Here's something I actually really don't like. He has uh, the reading age for this, uh, 13 to 18 years old. Uh, oh, no. And that I don't like. That's so if it was 13 plus, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. If you're going, if you're. <laughs> yeah, that's sketchy. I don't I don't like that either. Yeah. Why is there a hard lot? OK, so if your brain develops because your brain develops till you're 25, right? So I f- he feels like his content is only sufficient for that age range because eventually you will realize that it's all bullshit. Mm-hmm. Like if you go to college, for example, <laughs> if you're 18 and you go to college, you're, you're very quickly going to realize what's wrong. Now he's on Rumble. That's good. What is that? That is uh, right wing YouTube. I didn't even know that was. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. They've got their own version of everything, don't they? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, that's good. They can Yeah. Yeah. Can stay over yeah. there. That's fine. So yeah, so these are the kind of emails I get. Um <laughs> Oh man. Um I want to do a dating is dead. Because it has also been a while for that. Um and uh these selections that I found and some other issues uh caused me to close my OKCupid account. Oh no. <laughs> Um, wait, weren't you a moderator? Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, yeah, yeah, they, I don't know what, I don't understand why they give that to people that aren't even matching with people. Like, I don't, I don't understand the, the metrics. I don't know what the fuck that site's doing. Um, I mostly closed it because I, they just kept showing me people that I had already swiped away from. And so if you're not showing me new people, What's the point? Yeah, what's the point? I'm not even like getting new content out of this. Um, so that was really the main reason. But these these selections here, I only have three. Um, there's something. So uh, let's discuss this first one. Uh, I'm a 25 year old woman who is interested in art, writing and video games. I am starting a video game company and have never dated anyone before. I'm looking for a serious relationship, but I'm also open to friends. Smiley face. I tend to be a very formal and serious person, but I'm not unkind. I'm kind of like a real-life anime woman, if you'd find that interesting. 
I'm also a bit like a cat or fox, if you understand that's also somewhat anime as well. Anyway, I hope we can get along. The first like two thirds of that were so normal. Mm-hmm. Just so mm-hmm. just so straightforward and normal. Uh-huh. Yep. Well, you're being into anime. Do you get it? Like, do you do you see where she's coming from? Uh, no. Okay. <laughs> no, I don't. No, pretending to be a cat girl anime woman is, um... No, I, I would need some kind of other, like, I need some kind of follow-up. Like, what do you mean you're an anime woman? Like, unless you're, like, a VTuber and, like, you're actually, like, portraying an anime woman. Like, I, what does that mean? You're kind of, like, a real-life anime woman. What does that mean? Like, what? So with that being said, is this a swipe right or left? I can't answer that anymore. Um, <laughs> I think it was left because I think they put their politics were uh, conservative. Oh, okay. Yeah, fair. But, but, but also, like, what the fuck does, what is, what is this? <laughs> what? You can't just say that you're an anime woman. Well, it's, yeah, it's a very different phrase from saying I, I'm really into anime. Yeah, that's like you, fine. Like you embody an anime woman. I'm kind of like a real life anime woman. What does that mean? My guess would be like she identifies very closely with like the tropes of what you typically see in anime as like part of her personality. But so what is that a way to say that like I try to act like I'm Japanese, but without being like a weird transracial person. Oh, is this, this person's not Japanese? No. Oh. Stay tuned for our discussion of Yellow Face by R.F. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also a bit like a cat or fox. Yeah, see, that that's, that's what really throws me off. Like, I had my theory, like I just said about the anime woman, but the cat thing, uh-huh. I, I have no idea. If you understand, that's also somewhat anime. Is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> is it? It's you're, not. You're, you're, you're a cat fox girl? Okay. Slowly backing away. Mm-hmm. Okay, this next one. Um, I like, by the way, I, I like your yeah. description of in the show notes. It's just wasteland. It is. For this it segment. Is. It is. It's why I had to, I was like, I can't keep going on this site. Like, like this, the, these three picks here for content took me like months to get. Yeah. It's to that point. It's just like, okay, I'm done. I don't need this app on my phone anymore. Um, This next one here. Uh, I'm talking to someone right now. However, things are going on in his life that is making me play it safe. So I would like to like someone else just in case. Oh, God. Quite frankly, I'd like to go with the flow. Meet someone to go and have new experiences and have fun. I'm super goofy, a sweetheart. Pretty damn open and straightforward. And I'm down for about any adventure. So... If it's, you're just talking, yeah, to, just, yeah, I mean, I, I kind of appreciate being like throwing it all out there on the table. But like, if you're just talking to someone, that's you don't have to mention that. Right. But it's also like, yeah, it's like, what is anybody else supposed to do with that information? Right. Because like you're automatically a backup. You're second. Yeah. You're on the bench. You're waiting to be called in. Yeah. So. <laughs> like, yeah. What? That's a first for me. I've not encountered that before. I've not seen anything like that. See, the, the thing is, like, I'm sure it happens all the time. It happens all the time. It's just not but nobody vocalized. says it. It's not vocalized. Nobody says it, <laughs> especially not immediately. Yeah. It's like at the top of your bio. That's that's pretty incredible. I would like to like someone else just in case. Just in case <laughs> what? He falls down a well. <laughs> it's insane. That is insane. But part of me respects it, but also not really. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, and this last one, um, I don't know what to make of this last one. This is probably the craziest one somehow. That's interesting because we've already had a half cat, half fox. Yeah. Um, bisexual men creep me out sometime. And then there's a slanty face. Like, 
It's not a smiley face, but they use the oh, slant. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead. You know what's funny? I use that all the time, and I'm not really sure what it means. <laughs> <laughs> Apparently it means bisexual men creep me out sometime. Okay. Uh, I'm small. I'm cute. Just here for friends. Please, no weird men. Everything authentic. Love having fun. Playful. Here for a good time, not a long time. I love feet lovers. Winky face. Don't be shy. Message me. You might get lucky. Sorry for the amount of photos. New to this, very much a real woman. Short <laughs> hair gave me confidence. If you're you're the wrong, you're lucky. We'll get to video chat. Well, the okay. The um saying very much a real woman uh makes me believe that you're not actually a real woman. Well, see, I was gonna say that was a plus compared to really yeah compared oh, to yeah, half, guess, half cat half fox. Yeah, saying that you're an anime woman. Uh, yeah, yeah. Okay, sure. but I I, see, I understand the skepticism in in how honest this person is being. Mm -hmm. Just imagine putting the first thing in your bio: bisexual men creep me out sometime. What? Man, I mean that's that? that's like discriminatory, isn't it? Well, yeah, <laughs> but like what? Nothing. Like it's your you're about like you're about me section. It's right? your defining uh like your defining traits. Yeah, and it's a like. If, if I had to define this person, it's like, oh, yeah, they're creeped out by bisexual men. <laughs> yeah. it's like, OK, that's what I know about you. And you love foot fetishers. Like, yeah, she's not one herself. She just wants she likes people who are. Yeah. Which leads me to believe that this is a catfish. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because what woman says that they'd like dudes that have a foot fetish? What woman has ever said that? The very much a real woman is a, the, is a the, the real woman. Yeah. The catfish that doesn't want to deal with bisexual men mm -hmm. for some reason. <laughs> yeah. Like at least give an explanation. If you're going to call people out, back it up. Yeah. I, I want it. I want to like I need details. Yeah, me too. I'm like nothing would actually justify. No, it, not at all. Like, I don't I don't want to make it sound like there is a reasonable explanation because there isn't. That's straight up but discrimination. You can't, just, you can't just drop that. No, you can't. And then just like move on as if you didn't say it it's such a non sequitur so wait was this a left or right it was a complete left okay what are you talking about well i just have to you know i have to state it for the record one i think it's a catfish two i don't have a foot fetish three what the fuck is going on with the bisexual men creep me out mm -hmm. more questions than answers that's for sure mm -hmm. so yeah uh that's what's led me to delete okay cupid it's 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 not good it's not good on that website in particular just yeah bad stuff. yeah okay so you got uh some beats in here that's right. We have the best beats in the world this week. Yeah, I don't have a sound drop for that, but can I play the other one anyway? Um, sure. Damn, son, where'd you find this? Holy shit, this is hot garbage. Yeah. But I can't stop listening. Yeah. This song is a war crime. <laughs> if you're listening to this song, you are shadow cursed for eternity. I have severe depression. You're in the right place for shitty music. I forgot how long it was. It's very good. It isn't quite <laughs> fitting because I think we're going to highlight some really great music this week. But uh -huh. um, are you familiar with TJ Mack? Uh, I don't think I am. Okay. That was really a rhetorical question because there's no fucking way. Um, right. So uh, Brian Jordan Alvarez is a comedian and actor on, uh, well, he's he starred in, in some movies. Well, not star. He's had like some roles and some films. 
Um, he was in like Megan. He was in what else is he in? This isn't really important. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the reboot of Will and Grace, according there to there we go, Moore. there we go. Um, yeah, so he's been in some things, but he's most known for his TikTok presence, which I very sure. much enjoy. Um, he plays a variety, he has a, a variety of like recurring characters that are uh distinguished by different like face filters. Um, and how, I just yeah, go ahead, how annoyed by this am I gonna? Oh, very. Okay. Very. Um, but I love it so much. And I love the turn that things have taken for him in the past week or so. Um, so one of his characters, my personal favorite is TJ Mack, who is a, uh, a pop star, uh, a parent to a small child. He is a loving husband. Um, and so a lot of his TikToks are very, um, very earnest, very uh, sincere, just like little life updates and, you know, observations. And you get snippets of his new music here and there. Um mm-hmm. So before I get into the news that that has happened with TJ Mack this week, I wanted to give you just a few examples of some of his his TikToks. All right. So I'm going to I'm going to link you to a couple of them here. Here's the first one just to give you a feel for for TJ. I already don't like <laughs> I double in the game because I have to record a studio album in another city. And then I got I got some chicken nugget here for dinner. And then I was FaceTime with my wife and she said, why are you eating only chicken nugget? I said, because it is delicious. <laughs> but anyway, then she told me I had to get a salad. So I got a salad. So now I'm kind of like too full and I had to go to sleep. And in the morning I had to sing a song about um, fing- fingers in my hand. The fingers in my hand. I play the piano with them. Oh, the fingers in my arm, they are touching to my heart. It's a ballad, so I'm working on it. <laughs> so is this like Latino Annoying Orange? Um, I don't know what that reference is. Okay. You don't but remember the Annoying Orange? I don't, but here's another one. So many people don't understand that I have to take a nap every day. So sometimes I am in the middle of a, making a pop song in a session or I'm in the middle of doing a Broadway play in Broadway and there's one million people in the audience and I have to take a nap. So sometimes they have to do an intermission because I sometimes I have to sleep for one hour. So don't, you know, uh, don't, uh, don't stay awake when you need to go to sleep. Okay, bye. All right. So it's like, you know, he's just, you know, he's just detailing, you know, his life and, and, you know, you're, we're going through it with him. Right. Um, however, he, he posted this, uh, we don't always get like a full blown song. We usually get snippets here and there. Um, uh-huh. but we what, got, what, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Why does he look like a fucked up oblivion character? Well, it's just the face filter. It just fits the whole aesthetic. Um, okay. so this, we got this, this, he dropped this, uh, one afternoon <laughs> recently. Um, this is the, the original here and there've been b- many variations since, but I'll, I'll send you the original. Uh, this is one of his, his songs, uh, with his music career. Sirim, Sirim is the opposite of standing. Sirim is the opposite of running around. And Sirim is a wonderful thing to do because you Sirim. Sirim is the opposite of standing on your head. Sirim is the opposite of hanging from a barber. Sirim is a wonderful thing to do. I got one thing to say. I 
within the city needs something that people say it is bad. But you know the city is actually good because you deserve to relax. It's kind of like a nap. It's kind of like something else. But it is actually just sitting. Sitting is the opposite of standing. And sitting is the opposite of running around. But you deserve to sit. <laughs> All right, so like it's it's there's there's meaning behind it. It's a it's a song with a message, right? But it's uh-huh. raw. It's raw. It's obviously a, a draft. It's um you know he's putting it out there in the world. But the funny thing is, this one catches on. Okay. Okay. This one catches on, and there's this radio station. <laughs> there's a radio station in Australia, and so this this happens. This is uh this is shortly after a minute and a half, really. Well, you don't have to do the whole thing. Yeah, getting into some new music right now. A song that we think we possibly could be playing on the radio for the first time in Australia. From like the world. We don't know. Um, but this is a massive deal. I mean, we always love to see these sort of artists pop up from out of nowhere. And this is an artist uh, from the States. Oh, my uh, gosh. Who <laughs> a bit of a demo, you could say, on um, TikTok. Uh, they're called TJ Mack. <laughs> they, uh, yeah, put this song up. It was an acapella. And a producer by the name of Josh Mack. Um, who's a New Zealand producer, lives in the States. He remixed it. It's one of those real DIY moments, and it has just taken the world by storm. I uh, <laughs> Honestly, there's a history of, like, comedic uh, remixes. This isn't one of them. Like, <laughs> I don't... What do you mean? <laughs> no, this is a fully fleshed out song. Yes. <laughs> it's been stuck in my head for days, and I think alongside the rest of the world. Exactly. So we thought, why not play it? We're seeing your texts, we're seeing your messages, and we want to make history, baby. So, um, as always, we'll here we go. Think of it. Oh four three nine seven five seven triple five. But without further ado, it is uh, Brian Jordan Alvarez and Josh Mack featuring <laughs> TJ Mack. Did you mark- <laughs> track? Sitting. Sitting. Sitting is the opposite of standing. Sitting is the opposite of running around. Sitting is a wonderful thing to do. And on the radio! Hey. Uh huh. <laughs> on the radio. Yeah. But then, then, as the internet does, things snowball mm-hmm. and you get covers. You get beautiful covers like the one that I have just sent to you. This is from Isabel Schwartzbach.
And then from there, um, (laughs) there's an NPR story. Uh There's an NPR story tracking the uh, trajectory of uh, TJ Maxx. Um, I heard something about Time Magazine. I don't I think that's 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 a bit. Um, I don't think he's reached Time Magazine. However, there are there have been interviews. Um, TJ Maxx has been interviewed um, in the aftermath of this song blowing up. Here's one example from fucking Triple J. Did you get the inspiration for the song? I was in my apartment and I was just sitting in the in the uh, chair and then my wife was my wife was just visiting her sister and I was just I felt like just some part of me was like okay you gotta get up and walk around and you know go jogging but then I was just thinking okay but that's the opposite of just walking around and running around is sitting and you can be you allowed to be sitting is not a problem because everybody thinks that sitting is a problem exactly and you deserve to relax it just it is okay to relax. Great. Yeah, and then you know, so he's also had you know we've been able to follow TJ as he, his newfound uh, fame has sort of uh, come into his life and how that's affected him. And there's plenty of TikToks about that, which I'm not gonna I'm not gonna mm-hmm. subject you to. But I, I just thought this this whole trajectory here was very amusing. Um, <laughs> how much do you hate me currently? Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Okay. I guess it's fine that people are having fun. Oh, is it? It's okay. I guess it's fine. I just... You're not amused? Not really. Okay. I guess it's it's more of a thing where if you've been if you've been following the character for a long time and then this just sort of happens, you know, and it's it's all pretty funny because these are like actual outlets that are, you know, tongue in cheek, of course, but still like actual outlets that are picking it up and talking about it. It's just, it's pretty good. I guess. All right. I should have known better. I just, I, like, like, what do you want me to say to it? No, you're right. I guess there isn't much of a discussion point. It was just something that, just something I thought I'd, I'd go through. Because it's, 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 I've enjoyed, I've enjoyed this little, uh, little trend here. So this is the thing I don't get about TikTok. Okay. Right. Is that I will, I will even get like YouTube videos and then YouTube videos like, yeah, so I want to talk about this thing that like everybody's talking about on TikTok. Right. Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, yeah, everybody, everybody's seen this video. And it's like, I haven't seen the video. I haven't seen the video. And I've even tried to use TikTok now. And I haven't seen the video, you know? Mm -hmm. It's like, even when I try not to be under a rock. Well, it's a big internet out there. It doesn't always feel like it. No, it doesn't always feel like it, but it is. And like for this one, like I think his videos bring in like a few hundred thousand likes at their highest point. Not normally, Mm -hmm. but at their highest point. So this is not viral viral, but it's viral enough to have the NPR story, which I think is one of the funnier things. Um, Yeah. I don't know. I just think he's good. He's he's a good follow if you're on uh, if you're on TikTok, um, which I think you are now again, potentially. Every time I try to use it, so the, most recently I just got like missing persons, like active missing persons cases. Okay. Like Amber Alerts? No, like people like just being like, yep, this is how I'm dealing with the fact that my sister's missing. Oh, oh no. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm, I don't mean to laugh, but I'm laughing at the absurdity of the uh, the algorithm, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. If it's not that, it's uh, like just NFL, like hardest hitting concussions or is that uh, just is that just nfl highlights yeah actually yeah or um what else i don't know i just get some weird shit but it's not like necessarily entertaining it's just most of the time kind of a bummer mm-hmm. well, this is why so. this is why you need someone like tj mack on your feed yeah 
Oh, and then just anybody calling like any music that like a white person makes that isn't country, just they call it Midwest emo. Love that. That's real fun. Oh, that's weird. Yeah, yeah. Literally everything is Midwest emo. It's huh. really fucking dumb. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't I don't like TikTok. I really don't. Well, the comments are where it's at. That's like half my enjoyment of the uh, the Brian Jordan Alvarez stuff or the comments riffing on his his stuff. It's, it's good. See, I don't like the comments because the TikTok keeps playing. And then I feel like I'm like telling the algorithm that like I like this. Whatever this mm. is. When I, we'll when see. I just want to check the comments. <laughs> I guess that's fine for me because I'm engaging with things that I do like. Yeah. I, <laughs> but I, in I, your case, it's a little it's a little different. I it's just want to be like, different. what the fuck is this? And I want to see what people are saying about it. Yeah. But I feel like I'm giving like a negative feedback loop. Yeah. No, I, I see that. Um, so I've run into that a bit, too, actually. The the fascination ones, the ones where you're like, what the hell is going on? Why is this mm-hmm. appearing? Why am I looking at this? And then the comments are along the same lines. It's people like, what have I done to my feed? What's, you know? Yeah. So, yeah, you can definitely kind of spiral that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we got a Moogle here. We do. Great. Uh, so I wanted to talk about the cyberpunk anime, cyberpunk edge runners. And uh, that's a show we've both seen. Some of us have seen more of it than others. Well, it's all, um, it's all relative, you know, I guess so. You know, the 10 episode series, a quick, a quick, brisk walk of a series. I believe you call it a cup of coffee. Yeah, yeah. Well, you can drink a coffee while you're having a walk, you know. And <laughs> so I watched it uh, last week or so um, because uh, I was sort of prepping for um, the launch of the Cyberpunk 2.0 update uh, that I was going to play. Um, and I was also just kind of in the mood for a, a cyberpunk aesthetic kind of show. And so I figured I'd watch that. And uh, I watched it and it sort of has like one point to it. It has like one idea and it really wants to get that idea across. And that's sort of like kind of it. Like it's sort of like as shallow as a puddle. Mm -hmm. I agree to it. And it's kind of weird because, you know, I'd heard some really good things about it and it had originally like got people back into the game, you know, after the horrific launch where the game was completely unplayable, it was getting patches. And then this anime comes out and the anime gets like people like, oh man, this world's really cool. We should, you know, try the game again. And it's just like, I don't get it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I don't get why that was, would be the impetus to try out the game because, uh, the, the whole series can just be boiled down to like absolute power corrupts and like that, that thirst for power is, you know, going to destroy you. And that's basically it. Wait, so how were you getting on me for not liking this? Because it sounds like you don't either. No, I was getting on you for not finishing it. Oh, fair. Fair enough. Okay. I don't give a shit that you don't like it. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) Two two separate things. Well, I didn't finish Um, it because I don't like it. Those two things are related. But you have like 40 minutes left. That's not true. You said you finished episode seven. Halfway through. Okay, so you have an hour left. But like, I spent that hour doing something else. Okay. Yeah, you spent that hour on fucking TikTok with (laughs) JC Mack. I spent that hour sitting is what I did. And I... I, Great. You could have sat and watched... But like, you're right. That is the thesis of the show. That's really all there is to it. And I get it. And I I understand it even with my six and a half episodes. Okay. My point doesn't get you off the hook. But I'm (laughs) so you you know, I think it does. I think I'm like reinforcing your point. I'm like, it's a good example. 
so anyway, like it, it it's animated fairly well. Sure, that you cannot argue. Yeah. Um. I I feel like they're they overdo the the slang terms that that sort of feel like racial slurs. <laughs> Jesus. Right. They a little. Do. A little. Yeah. A little. If not like racial people- slurs, then like weird, like belittling, like class ones. Like just I don't know. Yeah. Like they 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 really seem to over like the, just the way they sound. Like they just feel like. Like th- it sounds like a slur, but like these future, these future made up terms that they call other people. Mm-hmm. Um, cause like I, I'm, I'm about 12 hours or so into the game now and I've, they use, they use those words a couple times, but not to the extent that they do in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's just a weird thing. And, uh, what, what I just kept like thinking about like throughout the show. And then also while I'm playing the game too, is like, these ideas are just so much better in other places. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if this is just a, an issue with like the, um, the source material itself, like the tabletop game where it just wants to like have this like sort of literally generic cyberpunk setting and then like sort of let you do your own thing in it, you know, as a tabletop game. Is that really where it originated? I thought it was like a book or something. No, no, it, it was cyberpunk is like a, you know how like D&D is a rule set? Yeah. Cyberpunk is a rule set. Interesting. I didn't know. That. Yeah. So that's what the game is based off of. I mean, ideally, that's a blank canvas for any creatives to sort of, you know, embrace and like bounce their ideas off of. Yeah. And so like there are like specific locations and like, you know, modules and stories that you can play just like D&D or other kinds of tabletop games. Um, and that's sort of what the game is based off of. Right. But at the same time, it sort of seems like and again, I don't know enough about the tabletop game, but it's like this is just sort of like picking and choosing things from, you know, cyberpunk literature, basically, mm-hmm. and doing just like a shitty version of it. Because mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm just like so many times I'm just like, this is Neuromancer. This is Neuromancer, but dumbed down. <laughs> and like, yeah, of course, that's like, you know, the cyberpunk text, right, is Neuromancer. But like if you bastardize it, like what is the what's the point, really? Sure. Other than like, wow, cool aesthetic. I feel like that's the main draw. Yeah. So like if you're not saying the things that Neuromancer was saying, you know, and you're not delving into the the issues of class and technology and uh, corporate, you know, overreach and government overreach and, um, you know, uh, like actual like like transhumanism not not trans people i know that that gets conflated nowadays but like actually like transhumanism and body modification and Mm -hmm. like you know a lot of these are intertwined but like if you're just doing that to be like wouldn't it be cool if i had blades on my arm you know i mean i guess that it's it's core it's doing a little bit with class right because you have the struggles of this kid uh, what's his name david yeah and like the circumstances that lead him down the road it definitely starts there but it doesn't end up being about that right it starts there and then just sort of because early on his mom dies and he's sort of he's got nothing and there's no real way for him to sort of do anything without like resorting to crime is basically how it functions in this and that's, society. That, that's all the setup to eventually the dynamic that they're going for with this crew and everything. But I, I actually was most engaged during that setup during the first like two, three episodes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. No, me too. Yeah. Like once it became about him getting basically a superpower, it's not as interesting. No, no. Um. But yeah. So like at, at the same time, like I'm sort of like ragging on the setting and 
Um, and I am conflating both the anime and the game at this point because it's kind of hard to separate the two. Oh, interesting. Um, well, just because it's it's the same setting, it's the same world building. Okay. It's, um, you know, th- the opening like kind of setup of both the anime and the game are similar in that like you have like this crew doing crimes kind of thing is like the same almost um another thing that bothered me about the anime was just the fact that like they just call uh like being a criminal just being a cyberpunk like just like out in the open yes that took me by surprise too that yeah that bothered the hell out of me mostly because like again it's the genre and it like it has a strict definition mm-hmm. and yes, words are malleable and whatever, but like it literally means high technology, low culture. Mm-hmm. And so to just like sort of like dish yourself to, to like say that in the setting that you're in mm-hmm. is just weird to me. It's almost breaking the fourth wall. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know what, to like, me, what it purpose just, does that serve? Well, to me, it just reads like something that is done for mass appeal like for a mass audience because this is reaching more people than like neuromancer or a tabletop game or really anything else in this genre yeah so i it it seems like they're sort of well it seems that way but then you also like you said you have all this weird slang that they got they get bogged down by so yeah that's that's the thing is like they have this weird slang that they've made up but then they also will just like take terms from whether it's neuromancer or something else like mm-hmm. the, they they say uh ice all the time and unless you actually know the genre you probably don't know that ice refers to code no i did not know that yeah exactly so it's because of the way that like lines of code will just resemble like sheets of ice and you have to break through the ice yeah um so there's like little shit like that where the, they've just like sort of taken terms and shit wholesale like netrunner is it just means hacker and that's also again from if not neuromancer uh one of the other ones right Mm -hmm. um so just shit like that is just taken wholesale and it probably just makes it easier you know these have become the terms of the genre but if you're not immersed in that you kind of need to figure out what the fuck they're talking about and again this is much easier to decipher than neuromancer which is written basically as a neo-noir novel you know where this is easy to follow and because it has to be right Mm -hmm. this is not even if you actually like look at uh like fucking crunchy ass cyberpunk anime you would look at something like ergo proxy which is like fucking inscrutable to an average audience because it's uh like basically relaying uh gnostic cosmology in anime form with like like minimal dialogue in uh but like the way that it separates, like it's basically showcasing a society that is um, organized into a, a Gnostic hierarchical cosmology, but in a, a physical society. Okay, I'll take your but word for you, it. Like, <laughs> but yeah, but like you, you know, like, like you have no idea. Like that's so like hard to like penetrate. Yeah, like conceptually, sure. you know. So do you think this? this is just you like, think the show is like trying to have the best of both and kind of failing at both? Um. No, I don't I don't think it's even trying to do both. I just think it's it's working as I guess maybe just promotional arm for the game. Yeah, you know? fair. And like mm-hmm. it's it's probably just doing that fine enough. Mm-hmm. Um So how's the game? Uh I'm enjoying it enough. Like even even as I'm like sort of critical of the the world building and sort of the um how they approach the genre, I'm enjoying it. Like once I um 
sat down and like fine tuned my settings. Like I was telling, I was telling you off air that, uh, you know, I had like ray tracing off because when I had it on, it was like a uh, frame rate was tanking. So I've actually turned it back on to like medium mm -hmm. and turned on DLSS. And so now I have like ray tracing on at like high frame rates. You ever figure um, out that text issue, the the blurriness? I I don't know if I have or I've just gotten used to it. Oh, interesting. To be honest. Um, because yeah, originally like text was like looking a little blurry and I don't, I still don't know if it's a stylistic thing or if it was something in my settings because there's so many fucking graphical settings on PC. Um, but the game itself is incredibly immersive. Just like walking around, driving around this city. It's really incredible. Like now that the game is functional, it works. Like things are just not like clipping and colliding and falling through the geometry mm -hmm. and everything else. Like we all saw all that footage from the launch, right? Or experienced it. Um, it's it's really like the lighting, the reflections, the like like a frequent thing that happens is you'll just like get a ton of fucking phone calls or like after a mission, you'll just like have to call somebody. Mm -hmm. And I'll just like walk around the city like as those phone calls are happening. That's cool. You know, and just like experience like this city itself. It, it's it's I don't think I've played something this immersive in a very long time. Maybe since like I first played Oblivion and it was like, wait, I can just like experience this whole world and just sort of go wherever I want to go mm -hmm. kind of feeling. Wow. That's like that's saying something. Yeah. Um. But then again, it, it is still like it, it's so it's so funny that like this update came out at the same time that Starfield did, mm, mm -hmm. where Starfield still looks like the same game that Bethesda has been making since Skyrim. And this feels like that next sort of step. Yeah. And like the things that Bethesda even abandoned, like whenever you're talking to people in cyberpunk, they will continue to talk whether you're there or not. Whereas in Starfield, like it. They went back to the fucking oblivion zoom in where time stops, you know, mm -hmm. and everything around you stands still and you have to zoom in on somebody's fucking face in order to talk to them and go through dialogue options. Whereas here you can talk to multiple people at the same time. It just depends on who you're looking at, you know, skill checks, all that kinds of shit. Um, and actually, like, as far as I can tell, meaningful skill checks, not just like bullshit, like skill checks out the ass for the sake of skill checks, like in the outer worlds which was an issue I had with that game where you could just sort of, there were too many solutions that could be solved by skill checks. Yes. And you could just sort of blast your way through anything yeah. with skill checks because everything was a skill check. It didn't matter what kind of build you had going on. Like you couldn't just like talk to people. You were just like breezing through with skill checks. Yeah, there was no like strategy behind it. I mean, that game yeah. in general was just too easy and well, too yeah. and too like frictionless in its role playing. Um, although I did really love the world and, and a lot of the uh, scenarios and the characters and stuff. But. Yeah, no, I agree. Um, but here they're like sprinkled in just enough. Mm -hmm. where that like, sounds great. Oh, I could I could say something here because I picked Street Kid as my, you know, starting, mm -hmm. you know, starting background. Um, it's like or it's like, oh, I can't say this because I don't have enough technical points. I'm 10 out of 12 technical points, so I can't use this skill check. Uh, shit like that. Or it's like, oh, I can't open this door because I don't have enough uh, intelligence hacking. Um, and it feels good. It feels like an actual RPG, which is what I heard it like wasn't doing before. And so whether they changed that, you know, or it actually really was like this all along, I don't know. 
I don't know. I've I've heard people say that this update makes the game like fundamentally different. Right. Right. That's what I've heard, too. So, um, yeah, it's 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 good. I, I, I'm enjoying like side quests, uh, main quests. You know, I haven't really done like any kind of like just bullshit open world stuff, um, mostly because I haven't really like come across it. Mm-hmm. But um, yeah. A funny thing is, so like I started on the highest difficulty because I was like, this feels like a Bethesda game and Bethesda games are always easy as shit. So let me just start on the highest difficulty Uh, and also like give me a reason to use like all these different abilities and like, you know, whatever else. And um, I was just getting my ass handed to me like constantly. And I was like, okay, well, you know, maybe I need to dial it back. So I Mm -hmm. dial it back to the next one. Um, And then now that I have like some more abilities and things. Cause like you basically start with nothing. Uh, I've now bumped it back up. Um, the the one thing that um, is really funny is um, sometimes I have to drive and like follow like traffic rules because uh, there are cops everywhere, mm-hmm. and if in in that sense it does feel like a police state. Um, and so if you just like hit a pedestrian or like you ru- like ram somebody's car or God forbid you hit a cop. Um, they're just on you immediately. And so then now you got to evade the cops for like five minutes. <laughs> so like a lot of times it's just easier if you just need to get somewhere to just like follow traffic rules. That is in in a in a GTA world. That is unheard of. Yeah. Just like drive safe. That's like so cool. It's 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 wild. Uh, <laughs> and it's also such a far cry from like like what I would see about the game at launch, which is that like if you committed a crime, the cops would just literally spawn in behind you. Mm-hmm. And that's not what happens. You can see them on the map. You can see them like in your vision now. So you're navigating so you- around them and and keeping being conscious of them and their presence. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. They're not a uh, they're not a response to your actions. They are a part of the world that you are constantly grappling with. It sounds like. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's really cool. That sounds so cool. I have this game sitting on my PS5. I really need to dive in. Um, I'm just mad at myself for pre-ordering NHL and it's coming out tomorrow. So Yeah, yeah. So like now I'm playing this, it's completely derailed uh me playing Baldur's Gate 3. Oh, you were tr- I started trying to do yeah. both those games. Yeah, I can't now. I like so that's on the back burner now. So yeah. I'm playing this. Yeah. I can't do both. Um so yeah, so I'm enjoying it. Um I I don't think it's perfect. But I think that clearly the game needed three fucking years more time to develop. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> it never, never should have launched. And I don't think that we should let them forget it because it it truly, truly should not have launched the way that it did. Um, but yeah, I, I think that if people are actually interested in the aesthetics of the game or like some of the the theming of the game they really should go and like read like the literature read william gibson um you know read neuromancer read the sprawl trilogy uh fucking mona lisa overdrive is incredible um yeah like even though he's like a weirdo crypto dude now um oh is that the author who like became the thing that he was warning about yeah 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 if you want to you want to borrow his not William Gibson, but what the fuck's his name? Um, because like he he did so much cool shit with like uh seeing language as like um code and technology and like also as like a form of uh magic. Mm-hmm. Um, just like really really insightful kind of shit, and it's just like such a bummer to see him just like do crypto shit. Um, I'm trying to think of because my brain is blanking because we've been recording for uh two hours let me just pull up my fucking library hold on 
Uh, yeah, so Neil Stevenson's like Zodiac, uh, shit like that. Or those from the library, though, because he's a weird crypto guy now. Um, but yeah, so if, if you're interested at all in the aesthetics and want to see like how it developed and how like deeper it can go, like the, the combination of, uh, you know, technology and it, 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 what's crazy is that it's like so fucking prescient to our current moment, mm-hmm. even though the shit like started in the 60s, mm-hmm. uh, you know, even like with Philip K. Dick and um, a lot of other sci fi writers that then became like in the 80s. You know, like Blade Runner and uh, William Gibson. Um, and then in, in terms of even anime that are a whole lot better than this one, uh, like I said, Ergo Proxy, Serial Experiments Lane is, of course, one of my fucking like top two anime uh, shit like that. Uh, you're going to have a good time. Um, I mean, your, your brain might break, but you'll have a fucking good time with it. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I think I think we should wrap this up. So you, you bring the Gnosticism and the deep dives into the uh, origins of uh, cyberpunk and how it relates uh-huh. to our society and all these themes and stuff. And I'm over here with sitting is the opposite of standing. And I feel like there's just such a <laughs> there's just such a disconnect. Um, <laughs> but no, that that does sound um, really good because it's cool to sort of like compliment um, you know, if you're going through like a world like that of cyberpunk 2077, you complement that with like a piece of literature that's like mm-hmm. going deeper into certain areas. And that just sounds, that sounds really good. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think it's going to do it for us. Uh, thank you for listening. Really do appreciate it. Um, I fucking also nuked my Twitter account. So don't follow me on there. Cause you can't find me there. Um, when you say that what, you deactivated it, like what I actually, I actually deactivated it. Yeah. Cause, uh, the new, the new TOS says that they can use, uh, all your tweets and DMs for uh, AI training, and they could also sell them to third parties. So I was like, all right, that is actually the last straw for me. I'm out of there. Oh, good for you. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. I still am missing my sports shit, but that's fine. Um, but yeah, uh, check out the YouTube for uh, segment breakouts, clips, all that good stuff. YouTube.com slash at Road with their weird nomenclature. Um, and I did want to mention, uh, I got screwed over by my printer. <laughs> And I will have a just stacks and stacks of coloring books. Uh, so um, if you want to pre-order uh, Fred the Koala's ac- adventure activity book, uh, check that out at publishing.deadendroad.co slash shop. If you know any children or parents that uh, like some fun activities for uh, the kids. If you know you, any children. If you know any children, just a child <laughs> r- really help me out. Uh, and is the is the recommended uh, reading age any different from our uh, write-in person? Yeah, th- these are not coloring books for the thirteen to eighteen. Okay, demographic. got it. Yeah, I just wanted yeah, to make sure. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I, I literally just got an email now saying that that order shipped much later than I needed it to, which is fan fucking tastic. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they really fucked me over. Um, so yes, uh, those pre-order links will be up on the website. Uh, really appreciate anybody checking that out um and yeah i will also have the, the alice books up there uh for the holiday season as well because i've actually kind of solidified that shit oh very good um yeah so um that should do it uh, appreciate you listening see you in the next one for evil dead rise and some more fun stuff all right bye